This show is sponsored by Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows anytime, anywhere on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Joey. That's HuluPlus.com slash Joey. Oh shit. Oh motherfucking shit. It's Monday, July 29th. It's the day you've been waiting for all your motherfucking life. Get up, shine your shoes, clean your toes, put some cream on your fucking face. It's going down today, motherfuckers. This reefer is on fire today, cocksuckers. Get up, say a prayer for yourself, light a candle. It's a beautiful motherfucking day to be alive. The best thing is you're in it, you're awake, you're in the fucking game. Here we go, a little card. Crank that motherfucker. Ooh. Oh shit. Fucking tremendous. The last weekend in July. The cars moving in motherfucking stereo. You ever see Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Of course I did. The part where he's whacking off in the bathroom. This is the fucking thing when he jumps in the... And the like, girl jumps out of the pool, yeah. Fucking tremendous, that girl. What's going on, Lee motherfucking Syat? Not much. We had a great weekend. We had a great weekend. Great weekend. Fucking great time at the Ice House. Thanks to these crazy motherfuckers. And people like when you're there. Oh, they do? They feel more secure. They think that we got backup. It's good. Friday, I, Friday, I can tell you. Saturday, I hid in the fucking green room because... Two minutes after getting there, you just shoved the Chibo Chew in my face. Oh, You're like, bite. And I, I got to tell you something. Like, I didn't eat the Chibo Chews for a couple of days. I didn't eat anything for a couple of days because of the cycle uh, class with the fucking anxiety. So I've been lightening up. So Friday on the way to the ice house, I stopped. And I popped some weed and a fucking Chibo Chew. And I popped the Chibo Chew. It had to be 7 o'clock. I went on stage by 8.20. I was on fucking fire. Do you understand me? Yeah. On fucking fire. And the late show was amazing. I got really high on the Chibo Chew. I have to, I mean, let me tell you something. If you came to the show, I love you. It was a fucking great turnout. You know, uh, 10 o'clock, Red Man did his show with, with Doug Benson and all those motherfuckers. So it was just like a dead squad festival up there. You could smell reefer for fucking days. Uh, it's just one of these things that you, it made me feel happy about and very proud. So I want to thank you guys for making me and Lee feel fucking great. It was just amazing. It was just, I, I can't even describe it. And that's the way all the weekends have been, whether I'm in fucking San Jose with you, whether I'm in fucking Salt Lake City. So I thank you. You know, uh, the mission was done. We got all the material we needed. Mm-hmm. We're going to lay it on the fucking, uh, we're going to tape a CD pretty soon. It'll be out in a couple weeks. And the special, we're working on that. So we're working on fucking things. But it's Monday, cocksuck. It's all about you. Shine your shoes. Get out there. Stab a motherfucker. It was a good week. Also, because of other things, Lee. You know, uh, I got a personal life. You know what I'm saying? Like we all do. And and sometimes uh, things are going great career-wise and, and, and things are lacking at home. But everything's pretty good at home. My wife is happy. But, you know, I have the baby in the morning. So I was telling people on stage that, uh, listen, man, I'm fucked up. We're all fucked up, you know. And we have 
to point fingers yeah. in our society. So directly they point fingers on your upbringing or your family or your mother or your school, whatever the fuck it is. With me, I've always felt very insecure about the way I was raised, how my mother gave me a lot of freedom and whatnot. But my mother had this savvy way of raising me, you know. And one of the things she did was she spoke Spanish to me in the house. But I wasn't allowed to speak Spanish outside the house. You weren't allowed to? No. She. This was America. Okay. Okay. She wanted me to speak Spanish in the house. I didn't want to speak Spanish anymore. I was like, Mom, why the fuck are we speaking Spanish? That's a, that's a fucking caveman language. And she's like, trust me. Keep speaking fucking Spanish. Shut your mouth. And there was times I wouldn't react to her in Spanish. And we really hurt her feelings. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> I, I took it up. I learned how to write it on my own. I learned how to read it on my own. Just on my side. I didn't tell nobody. I was always kind of embarrassed about it. This, I, I don't know why. I was always kind of embarrassed about talking Spanish outside the house. But my mom had a, a thing. But she always put the language in me. So the baby's born. And I feel that uh, two languages is, is a little strong. It's good for, it's good for your uh, analytical skills to learn two languages. You learn how to think and... So I have a deal with my wife, you know, I talk to her little words in Spanish, you know, just little things, blah, 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 blah. and whether they stick or not, it really doesn't matter. They'll be our words. Mm-hmm. So when we're out in public, if something goes down, I understand the situation, and she understands it more. If I say, Camate, or whatever word that I tell her, uh, <clears throat> I always play with her in the mornings when we're watching SpongeBob, <laughs> and I always say, Dame un besito, that means give me a kiss in Spanish, and she just looks at me all fucking retarded, whatever. <clears throat> But uh, lately, she's been uh, doing it with me. Like, just a couple times, she'll kiss me. Even with her mouth open, she'll just come at me to tap, you know? Yeah. So she didn't do it all last week. She had forgotten. Friday night, I was getting ready to jump in the shower. My wife goes, I'm putting her to sleep. Give her a kiss. And I looked at her from this bathroom. My wife was like eight feet away. And I looked at her. I go, watch this, Terry. And I walked close, and we made eye contact. And I go, hey, honey, Dame Besito. And she did it in front of my wife. And my wife turned <laughs> pale. She goes, how'd you do that? I go, what? Dame Besito. She did it again. My wife was like, Dame Besito, Dame Besito. My wife is trying to speak Spanish. Girl. And then when I came out, I put the pacifier in my mouth. And she comes and gets it out of my mouth. And I'm like a sea world. Yeah. Like a whale. You know, like you put a cigarette <laughs> in your mouth, and the fucking whale, the criminal takes a lot. So I, I got to be honest with you guys. Uh, if you gave me a million dollars right now, I'd be happy. But what that little baby did on Friday night made me happier than ever because I realized, hey, I'm not a fucking idiot. I know I'm not a fucking idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like, finally, somebody learned something from me. And B, just just the whole thing. I never knew I had it in me altogether, you know? So for me, it's like a feather in the cap. What do you mean you didn't know you had it in you? Listen, man, I, I, I would hate to be raised by me. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I mean, let's be honest. What the fuck do I have? I'm 50. What the fuck? I got a t-shirt on and sneakers. You know? I mean, what the fuck? So, uh, you guys know. uh, So, yesterday I got up. Saturday we did a bunch of shit, me and my wife. We went to this friend's house, and they have a little boy. And we brought Cuban food over. And she's fucking 18 months pregnant. She's ready to bust. She's due next week. So, (laughs) it was really nice to see her. And then we went here. We went shopping. I had to pay for my mailbox. Then yesterday we got up and we did the same shit. We walked around the park and then we went for uh, yogurt. And then anyway, we ended up, uh, we were bored. We went to the farmer's market. We got our fish for the week. You know, I go to the farmer's market on Laurel Canyon there. Mm-hmm. And I get some fucking great fish. I get some halibut and I got some scallops. And my, my wife put some bacon around the scallops last oh, night for shit. dinner. 
So we we get like uh, we get halibut and we get a couple pieces of sea bass and salmon, you know. And then I'll cook that up for lunch instead of going up. And it's pretty good. They're pretty big pieces. So we got out of the farmer's market early. We ran around. <clears throat> and it's funny. I, I, my uncle called me a couple of weeks ago. And he goes, hey, Willie Nelson's playing at the Hollywood Bowl. My uncle's 74 years old, old <laughs> Cuban dude. You know, and he goes, I want to go see Willie Nelson. I've seen him every year. And uh, I want to take Linda, his girlfriend. My uncle's 74 with a fucking girlfriend. So, <laughs> And he had another girl over there making fucking juice yesterday. My uncle's a pimp. So uh, I go over there yesterday. I, I tell my wife, you know what? I have to give him these Willie Nelson tickets now. I lied to him. He asked me for the tickets. I didn't tell him that I had paid for them. I told him we got them for free. Okay. Because I didn't want to embarrass him or ask him for the money. I think it was $104 for the tickets, whatever. You know, uh, I had problems with my uncle. You know, I love my fucking uncle. I used to come out here as a kid to California. And then uh, after my mother died in 84, five years later, I came out here. But I thought the world owed me a fucking favor. At that age... You know, you always say to me, what were you thinking? All right, 24. I was 22 years old, right? 21 years old. Mm -hmm. I thought the world owed me a living. I thought the world owed me something. I thought everybody owed me something. You know, I was I had that thing in the back of my head that I was special, that the world owed me a living or the world owed me. And the world, there's nothing for free except Jesus. That's all <laughs> That's all you get in this fucking world is for Jesus. There's nothing free but Jesus. So, no, there ain't nothing free but Jesus in this fucking world. Think about it. So, okay, one thing leads to another. I come out here, he calls me out, he tells me, you know, I got to get my life together, and I try to rob him. I go 0 for 2, and I try to rob the motherfucker, and we ended up pulling knives, guns at each other, and Danny B wins. Danny B uncool on his cousin. Yeah. Had to send for a cab for me, and they had to hide me down in Marina Del Rey for a day in some fucking uh, resort city in a hotel room. They paid for pizza. Then the next day, I got to go to the airport. I gave them jewelry or something. In fact, when Ben, you know, uh... I got bad news for you people over the weekend. What's his name? Uh, fucking, it's Danny's cousin. Danny's uh, brother. Uh, I'll, I'll, think, I'll think of it. Uh, got locked up. He called a couple times into the show. Gary. Gary, Gary Bohannon. Yeah. Gary Bohannon's last fucking bank robbery was last week. You know, the uh, probation uh, made him. We'll talk about that later. But I, I, me and my uncle went to war in 84. Yeah. Basically. We ended up, last time I saw my uncle, I swore I was going to kill him. And for five or six years, guys, that's all I thought about. Because mm -hmm. he had he had called my bluff. He had he had told me what I needed to hear at that age. Yeah, like at that age, I, I expected a living. I thought the world owed me a fucking living. I thought I was a gangster. I didn't want to work. You know, I wanted a brand new car. I wanted all the things that you have to go to work for. I didn't want them. The world owed me a fucking favor because I'm special. And he turned that around. And I didn't want to hear it. But it fucked me up. It fucked me up. So bad, I used to call him from prison and prank call him and tell him I was going to kill him in Spanish and make like faggy noises on the phone. That's how mad I was. That's not even my style. That's like getting on the internet and fucking picking on people, something like that. Same thing, prank calling. Yeah. It's the internet going, fuck you, fat man. And then, you know, whatever. <laughs> I got to block you or something, whatever the fuck. So this went on and then uh, 24 years, 25 years it went. 2009, I finally had my balls and I called him. And we had a pretty great relationship. And, and uh, two years ago, we got into it over drugs. I told him, he kept telling me that his business was going down. I told him, listen, why don't you get some hoes in there and some guineas and some <laughs> card game and some Armenians. And he was like, fuck you. Uh, I'm not like that. I was just teasing him. And he got all offended. <laughs> so we didn't talk for about six months. My cousin put it back together for us. And it was funny. I went there yesterday to drop off the Willie Nelson tickets. Mm -hmm. I go, honey, it's 11 o'clock. Let's just take a ride. My wife said it. She goes, we'll eat at Mimi's. Mimi's is where me and Duncan always go. They got the steak and eggs. 
the best steak and eggs in fucking uh, in California, right over there. They don't even have them on the menu. That's how good the steak and eggs are. Oh shit! You have to fucking be like fucking inside knowledge. Beat and shit, you know what I'm saying? It's gonna be like Andre Hernandez from the New England Patriots, whatever the fuck. Oh, Jesus. That fucking moron. So, uh, yesterday I go down to my uncle's and he sees the baby. You know, my uncle came to the hospital to, to, to see the baby. Oh, really? The first people came to the hospital, gave my wife like 200 bucks, came in, and you don't expect this from my uncle. You know, my <laughs> uncle's never been typing, but he came. And yesterday we brought the baby down. He hadn't seen the baby, he just went fucking nuts. But while we were talking, I go, was we're leaving, I look at the baby, and I look at him, and by this time, the baby was loose with him. She sensed something, that he's family, because my, she did that around my wife's parents. She sensed that it's family. You could hear something in his voice. If you meet my uncle, we don't look alike, but you could hear my mother in his voice, which then you hear me. Really? So I could tell that she was intrigued by him, like his voice. And finally, I go, that un besito. And he, she fucking kissed him, and he died. Let me, tell you, let me tell you how much he died, people. He looked at me, and he ran upstairs, because we were outside talking by that point. Yeah. And he ran down, he gave the baby a $100 bill. He goes, take, 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 take them out to lunch. That's how fucking much he was blown away. And then he called last night, but I was already sleeping. He called about 11, 30, 12 last night, but I was already fucking sleeping. So that's, I'm very happy that I got to rekindle this relationship with my uncle even though I tried to rob him that was a bad fucking nightly that was so fucking bad and I tell you I know I broke his heart I had broken his heart that night I broke his fucking heart it was terrible I broke my own heart that night because yeah for people it's in the, it's in the last sense of testicle testaments like you were living with him and working with him but you were mad at him because he like talked bad about your mom a little bit oh he was fucking dogging me since the time I got off the plane he was dogging me first he didn't pick me up at LAX so the money I had, I had to spend on a fucking cab. I didn't know where I was going. Yeah. I knew L.A., but I didn't know fucking L.A. And also I get to this business and it's closed. I got to sleep on the fucking street that night. And I got like 10 bucks and I walk over to this Mexican restaurant. I get there at 9 in the morning. I basically sit there for two hours. They finally come to me and they're like, dog, you got to go. I go to his business. It's open. And the guy's like, he should be here any minute. Three in the afternoon he got there. I basically threw away a fucking day. And he walked in there like it was nothing. Nobody's business. Like, I'm busy. I'm not here to cater to you, and that's what it was. I wanted him to cater to me, and he was like, dog, you're a big fucking boy now. You better get it together. Yeah. Nobody picks you up at the airport. You want to come out here? I sent you the money for the plane ticket. That's enough. And he called me out, and I didn't want to be called out. Nobody wants to be called out at 21. No. And I fucking, but I wasn't just angry. I was going to shoot this motherfucker. <laughs> this, this went on. And I tell you guys, I, I yearned for family, and I came out here in 97. I didn't talk to him till. 2009 so for 12 years I lived out here we lived miles apart and I didn't talk to him over how angry I was and Marilyn Martinez my friend I asked her one time I looked in the yellow page I go he's still here I go where is the spot she goes it's real close you're fucking 20 minutes from me you get there in the daytime and I just I always said you know what if I fail at this comedy shit or I get some problems on the way out of town I'm gonna go over and stab him and fuck, look, we got along. Lisa, yeah, what the fuck, cocksucker? You did great this weekend. You got high both. No, no, you only got high. Just Saturday. Saturday night, you got nice and fucking I stuff. always know what's going to happen, too, because as soon as you give it to me, like, Diagostino was right there. And I just looked at him, I'm like, this is going to be bad. Because, like, Diagostino's a funny motherfucker, guys. Oh, he's great. And then, of course, Dom Herrera is fucking hilarious. That was, and I, I never know what to do, because, like, I always... I don't want to like like I don't even like going in the green room most times because it's like it's a weird place, 
But like, I don't like, especially with him. Like I saw him on Seinfeld, so I didn't want. Like I, I said hi to him, but I, I don't want to get in in anyone's way. But uh, you guys co-headlined, and I was sitting in, and I watched uh, like a big chunk of all of it, all of his shows, and it's like it couldn't be a different style. Like you and him are very different, but it just it was a. Uh, like, the crowd loved it. Like, you would think, like, a crowd going to see him might not like you, or a crowd going to see you might not like him. And it was it was just great shows. Let me tell you something. Uh, you guys always send me fucking emails and tweets that, you know, this is inspiring or whatever. And that's great. That's all great. But I got to tell you guys what you do for me. You've inspired me to start doing stand-up again to fall in love with this thing. That's what all these guys on Twitter, all you fuckers that listen to the podcast... That sent back, give me a shout out, fuck you, uh, uh, no blue cheese and all this shit. You guys inspired me to become a better stand-up because I had a, I had a fucking elevate. You know, I went to the I went to the uh, farmers market yesterday. And yeah. On the way out, I see Damon Pope. For you guys who watched Sons of Anarchy, he was the black guy on last season that they they shot him and shit. He lit Tiger's sister daughter on fire. Damon Pope was his little fucking skinny black dude. I would have bit slapped him at the fucking farmer's market. But I'm Sons of Anarchy, he's a bad motherfucker. But it's funny how he said a line that I never forgot on there. And it really, uh, he goes, sometimes <clears throat> you gotta you gotta rise to, pain makes you rise to the occasion. It lifts you up a level in life. Mm-hmm. It makes play, it makes kings out of players. Mm-hmm. Pain, and that's what happened to me and my uncle. My friendship with him and what happened over those 25 years really turned me into a man. They really fucking did. Our back and forth, me trying to rob him and then me coming and humbly and apologizing to him. I went to an audition, and on the way back on Malibu, I realized I used to go to that beach and all those rocks. I used to play as a fucking kid. Yeah. And I go, I used to play here with my uncle, and I pulled the fuck over. And I said... This is a, a this is a sign from God. It's time for me to bury this with my uncle. And I called him in the afternoon. He answered the phone. And I go, Theo, before you say anything, this is Coco. I just want to tell you, I'm very sorry about what I did. I slipped. You're my mother's brother. How could I rob you? You know, I was angry about my life. And he goes, man, I've been looking for you for 25 years. He goes, I want to apologize to you. So sometimes, so this is what I learned. I, I, the pain lifted me in a level. The reason why I'm here is partly because of my uncle and that conversation we had. Yeah. It really just saved my life. So I hate him for a long Sometimes somebody calls you out and you get angry, but in, it took me two or three, it took me 10 years to realize how correct he was and how wrong I was. That's the fog of bullshit, of machismo bullshit that we call, get caught up in. Don't get caught up in that. Because I would have made it up faster. I would have been a better person faster if I would have just dealt with it. But I didn't. It took me 10 fucking years. Lee, what the fuck? Where's the music? Where's Tony Bennett, cocksucker? It's Monday, July 29th, a beautiful fucking day alive. You're alive. To be alive, and you're alive. Get out there. Mm-mm-mm. I want to be around to pick up the pieces when Somebody breaks your Next Saturday, August 3rd or 2nd, Tony Bennett live at the Hollywood Bowl with Diana Ross. Are you fucking kidding me or what? Listen to this fucking pimp on a Monday. Somebody who will swear to be true as you. Come on now. This is beautiful. This is fucking beautiful. 
You slowed you down, let you drink that coffee, let you roll that joint, plan out your fucking day. You gotta plot it like Columbus. <laughs> What's going on, Lisa? Tell me something good, brother. I, uh, What's going on? You went to the girlfriend. She made some fucking dindin. Uh, her mom made you had two days pounds of Mexican food in the trunk of your car. Two yeah. days in a row, she made the most amazing food, and I wanted to talk to you about that because I hadn't I hadn't met a girlfriend's mom in a while. Like it was the last time I was back in Boston, and it was like a year before, a year or two before I got here. I was petrified. Like she, know, like before I got there, like. For like a quick second, when I was getting ready, I was like, "I've had a girlfriend for long enough. I don't need to go meet anybody." <laughs> like I, th- I thought about canceling for a quick second because it's scary, and it's uh, it's especially because she's her, her family, her entire family's from Mexico. Like her and her cousin are like the only ones who speak English. So like her mom doesn't speak any English. She worked in a sweatshop for like twenty years as like a seamstress. So I talked to her about you and your mom in uh in uh, North Bergen, and I was. I was petrified, and I walked in, and she had a big smile. And then she, on a Saturday, she cooked uh, tacos, like the like really authentic, delicious tacos. And yesterday, she cooked like uh, chicken with vegetables and rice. And couldn't have been more. Like we can't really talk, and we talk a little bit through the daughter. But after yesterday, I was okay with it. But like on the whole way down, my heart was going crazy. And like, what did you think when you went to go meet Terry's parents? Because it freaked me well, out. Well, I met Terry's parents. I was already with her. Yeah, for like six years. Oh, six years. Okay. Because they live in Tennessee. Yeah, that's what and I'm saying. I didn't have a, I didn't had a reason to go over there. But what you gotta remember is when you meet a mother, a mother will treat, well, mother will treat you how you're treating her daughter. Yeah. A mother knows when the daughter's happy or upset. If you're making her daughter upset, a mom knows when their child is happy. So, I always got along with my mother-in-law. My father-in-law was tight. He's tight. That's T- Terry's dad. That's the main fucking, you know. Yeah. Look at me. You don't want me around your daughter. <laughs> Nobody does. Nobody does. I wouldn't want me around my fucking daughter. But after, I tell you what, we were we talked, but after we went over with the baby, it's changed. Really? The father calls me now. Oh, really? And I call them and check in. I like her family. Yeah. Listen, man, if you're doing good by the girl, the mother always wanted me. You're the dad. You know, it's one more guy that's banging my fucking daughter until they walk down the aisle. But hopefully, this is the one, mm-hmm. you know? So, I I wouldn't be nervous at all. Just go down there. She loves you. Oh, she likes they me They fed now, you. Yeah. You know, you took care of her daughter. You were a gentleman. You took her out to eat nice. You know, you go down there and you pick her up. You're a good guy, Lee. It's not like you're looking, I mean, you know. And I, I she... She, her daughter always, the girl always said, like she's gonna feed you like a lot. So like I, I had like six tacos and like two plates of food. Like I couldn't. She laughed at me because I couldn't eat anymore. And then after that, both nights we went and got fucking tacos at your favorite joint. Oh my god! Friday and Saturday. And we ate tacos. I told, I told the girl we ate tacos at my trunk because we were so hungry with like the cold tortillas that were breaking. We ate. Oh my god! I'm telling you, it was a fucking great week. We ate outside and then. Me, Diagostino, him, Jimmy Dalaval, a bunch of us drove from the fucking ice house to the Ha Ha Lancashire and yeah. killed the fucking taco man over there. Oh, I killed I, that motherfucker. Got a hot dog. I with... ate the hot dog so fast I burned my mouth. Like after I finished eating, I was like, oh shit, I burned my tongue oh, like two you, bites yeah, in. Yeah, they were hot the other day, the fucking hot dogs with the bacon on them. I tell you guys, sometimes uh, a weekend changes your life, how you start living. Like this weekend, we're going out of town. I wanted to go see Tony Bennett. Mm hmm. 
but we can't because we have to go out of town this week because next week she can't go out of town. So this week we're going to go up to one of the beach towns up north. And Oh, you and Terry, okay. Yeah, we'll leave on Friday afternoon. We're going to oh, go shit. up there, fucking get some beach, take the baby into the ocean. You know, I got to do this shit. You know, I got a couple weeks off and this kicks up again and it's fall. That's it, guys. It's fucking July 29th. Yeah. Wednesday will be the 31st. We'll be at the Ice House Live and after that's August fucking 1st. And after that, it dies for a month. And before you know it, it's September 11th, it's uh, Labor Day weekend, and I'll be in fucking New York. I'm going to D.C. by Ari's. Ari's going to come down. I can't wait. Oh, he's going to come by? Well, Ari's going to be down there Wednesday and Thursday, so I fly in Wednesday, so at least I can hang out with him Wednesday night. And Thursday, I'm going to go to the White House and check out Obama's wife, see if she's over there. I'm going to holler at that <laughs> freak. You know what I'm saying? That's my black mama and shit. You love there. her. Oh, I love Ms. Obama. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to gain 50 fucking pounds and go over there and do jumping jacks with him and shit. <laughs> Fuck me, her, little fucking kids jumping up and down. But besides that, no, it really makes a difference when you have quality uh, time. And you know what, man? I'm so uptight, I never make fucking time like that. And I need to start making more time. I really enjoy it, you know? I put a kibosh on the book for a couple weeks. Are you taking a break? Yeah, until you find me the right program cook sucker. I have one, I think. I'll and show you. And then I looked the other day. I don't know what the fuck. To, that's why I finally went to you. I, I looked. I don't <laughs> know how to explain that shit. I'm fucking half retarded. <laughs> but I, uh, I'm i just trying to start writing again. And I'm trying to... This whole month, I'm not going to kickboxing because of these needles to the knee. I'm just going to work on my jujitsu. And it's funny because... I got to tell you fucking guys something. I'm a hard sell. Guys, I'm a fucking hard sell. Listen to me. I'm a hard fucking sell. And ever since that Manny kid at Jiu-Jitsu told me about Shroom Tech, I'm fucking hooked on it. Let me tell you how good the Shroom Tech was on fucking Friday, all right? This is the shit I'm telling you from on it. I don't need, like this morning I had a hemp protein shake, the first one I've had in about three weeks. It was fucking delicious. I don't like drinking protein. That's why I can never go on one of those fucking diets. Yeah. I don't mind drinking three or four protein shakes to supplement uh, my day, but I can't do it every day. Yeah. That's why I can't I can't do it every day. I would fucking have a heart attack. You know what I'm saying? But the chalk when you don't have a fucking certain protein for a couple of weeks and you have it, that's when you know how delicious it is. All right, so let's get that out of way. Everybody knows how good the fucking uh chocolate shake is from on it. We all know that. But let me tell you what's been going on. So Friday I usually go to VMAC, Valley um Jiu Jitsu yeah. twice a week. That's who teaches me Jiu Jitsu and I go with Salami once a week up in Ten Planet Van Eyes to learn little things. Like, he tightens up what I learned at the jiu-jitsu school. Okay. All right, and then we roll a little bit. Usually, guys, I got no reason to lie to nobody. I roll a minute and a half, and I got to fucking get up and walk around. I see stars. But over the weeks, it's gotten better and better. Fucking Friday, I did like a six-minute fucking roll. Oh, Because shit. I moved them to positions. I locked it in. I breathed. Then I went to the next one, and then I went to the next one. Then I mounted. No, he mounted me, and I sweat. It was really fucking interesting that after, like, five minutes, I just stopped. I go, Salami, I got to get up because I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> but I got to tell you something. It was the shroom tech, and I, Manny came to the show. You had he a bunch of jiu-jitsu people, jiu at, the people at the show. Manny, well, fucking, VMAC is one of the best fucking martial arts schools I've ever, 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 ever been involved in. This jiu-jitsu thing I did, I was scared shitless guys i haven't been that fucking scared in a long time to walk in there yeah that school had been there a year and i drove by and i heard the instructors were great and then i joined the kickboxing and those guys were telling me jiu-jitsu was great i was petrified to walk in there guys i can't wait to go in there now 
they're fucking great. What a great fucking environment. And, and then you go up to 10th Planet Van Nuys. Well, I'm going to have him on the podcast the following Wednesday in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Alder. Alder has gotten that system up there, and it's fucking amazing. He's got these fundamentals. And the fundamental jiu-jitsu up there, he rolls with you a little bit, but he doesn't want you to roll a lot. He wants you to do techniques, and by doing the techniques over and over again, you develop a memory muscle, and you develop your cardio. And then when you get to like level two, he has you rolling. You come in Tuesday nights and you roll and it's levels like a pyramid. Then he wants you to do the gi class on Tuesday nights if you can. And then they have an advanced team. Then they have wrestling on Sundays. So if you really want to get into a program that fulfills you from A to fucking Z, because some jiu you got to get experience somewhere else. Like Eddie Bravo was a great jiu-jitsu teacher, but he doesn't want you in there as a beginning because he doesn't have time for you. The techniques he teaches downtown are too fucking high level. There's no gi. But with these guys, all that they'll take you from A to Z. And let me tell you something, nobody was more fucking scared than I was to be on my back because of the sleep apnea. Last night, two nights ago, I woke up with my, the pillow slip out from under me. Okay. And I was on my back, and the cat was on top of me, just like standing there meowing at me, and I was choking <laughs> to death. Just a fucking cat. He's seven fucking pounds. Oh, but, really? Yeah, so I'm always petrified of that, but I didn't get petrified. I just pulled it to the side. I got more composure now. Now you, 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 like your eyes lit up when they showed up. There were like five or six of them that showed up Friday night, and like you guys were best friends. Oh my you, god! You started talking about moves. You're like, well, what about this? I can't get this angle on them. And oh I was my like, god! It's amazing. They're great, and they're all young kids. Those kids, Octavio and Zach, and the girls, they're all twenty fucking. Zach is younger than you. He's twenty four. Oh really? That monster. Yeah. He's twenty four. Those guys could kill me. <laughs> kill me they could snap Octavio that guy moves he's only a white belt with like four fucking strikes that kid fucking flies on the fucking floor but I tell you something man I was really scared of jiu-jitsu and I'm happy I did it that's number one number two after that thing on Friday I'm sold on shroom tech but I don't know what the fuck it really did yeah I do the epileptical but that was too much of a jump in cardio but these other things here these t-pack I tell you if you haven't seen them go to Ahmed Today, right now, you don't want to live without at least one dose of these. Try it because you get a little bit of everything. You get 15 packages. You get two packages a day. Sorry about that. I got a little burp. In the morning, you get alpha brains. You get a bunch of shit they put in there. Let me see. Let me read it to you. You get a bunch of good little packages. It's a total primate care. You get some enhanced, uh, whatever. I can't say these glasses aren't my usual ones. And then at night, you get a night pack. And that has like the, the new mood and new mood and the. And the shroom tech in the morning, you have shroom immune. So, you, you know, you're bumping into these nasty motherfuckers. They got a cold. <laughs> Boom. And there you go. So, just fucking go to Ana and take a look at the shroom tech. If you're having problems with your cardio, because I'm fucking 310 fucking pounds. If I could last there after three months, if I could do this with my car. And I smoke dope. You guys see me? I'm over here puffing like a fucking dragon. So... That's the fucking deal, Lee. What, Lee? What are you gonna say to me? No, no, no. I went. I went. When we went down there. I went down there because uh, she had a little bit of a surgery, so she can't really leave the house. And I went down there, and I like the first thing we did because we we had lunch, and I, I took her computer. I logged into my Hulu Plus account right there, and I went and we just we watched we watched shows for hours, and it, it's just great. Any it's she she had a, a regular laptop. She doesn't have a TV in her room. So wait a second. Let the people know you watched The Exorcist this weekend. I did watch The Exorcist. Now, Not on Hulu th- Plus, but I, I watched it on The Exorcist. What did you think about it? It was, like, luckily, there was, <laughs> she lives she lives uh, down uh, by the airport, and there was, like, a, a guy riding a motorcycle in the alley for the entire time, and there was Spanish music, so I, I like, 95% watched it, so I had a little bit of, like, if it was, if it was dark and it was nighttime, I would have freaked out, but, like, Linda Blair fucking... 
like fucking in the pussy with the cross and stabbing it in blood and then her mom comes in and she goes look me and like shoves her mom's face in her pussy and, and you hear the mom going uh, you hear her mom licking it that's fucking crazy that's 1973 bitch uh, that's a psychological mind fuck that movie it really is I say it all every time it's on I watch it for six or seven minutes and I don't watch anymore for, for a thousand reasons to being scared to not wanting to put myself through this, and you know, it's just a fucking. And yet, monster. you name your freaking cat after a character. So after every time we call your cat, you have to think about the movie. The the guy. First of all, let me break some history into you. That guy that plays the priest. Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. He's Jackie Gleason's uh, son-in-law. Oh shit. He's Jason Patrick's father. Okay. All right. That's why I like that motherfucker. His name is Jimmy, but he's Greek, so his mother would call him Demi. Why you do this? Why to you me? do this to me? So when we when we first got that kitten. Demi, Demi was crazy. Demi was brought up to the house because he fell off the roof and he was bleeding from his nose. And his mother went over and walked away from him and left him there. Oh, no. Terry's seen that. And once the mom walks away from the kitten, she thinks it's dying. So Terry took him up first. Two days later, I kept walking by. And Harry was... Harry is a beautiful fucking cat. (laughs) But he was an amazing looking kitten. I have pictures on Harry on my iPod. When you look at Harry as a kitten, you'll die. I kept walking past Harry, meowing at me. Harry meowed at me for eight hours. I was out there doing, like, stretching. At that time, I was 400 pounds. I didn't know what to do, and I would just stretch. Yeah. I was like, this will help me burn fat. I'll just stretch. And he kept meowing, meowing. I kept calling Terry. This kitten won't stop meowing. And she came home. We brought him up, and that's Demi's brother, Harry. Yeah. Demi and Harry were fucking beautiful. But Harry was fucking beautiful. But Demi was the crazy one, and Harry was the family one, like he is now. Yeah, Harry's Harry's my buddy. Harry's a great man. Demi is a fucking knucklehead. (laughs) So you'd be sitting there, like, watching TV, and he'd just jump on you with his fucking claws out. Oh, no. Come out flying and tear off. But he was a good cat. He didn't mean harm by it. He was a great cat. So we called him Princess first. We thought he was a girl. Oh, okay. We thought he was a girl at first. We were like, princess, princess, princess. So one day, she took him to the vet, and she's like, you're not going to believe this fucking princess is a prince. So we didn't want to call him prince. So I, she goes, what do you want to call him? And he did something right then and there. He jumped and clung onto your arm. Oh. Like, he would jump off a wall and just clang onto your arm. And be and not in a bad way. He just want to play. Yeah. So you look at him and go, Demi, why you do this to me? <laughs> what the fuck did I ever do to you to do? And that's, hence came the name Demi. Oh my god! But yeah, that's a crazy fucking movie. It's a fucking crazy movie. And the end, it just uh, she kills the fucking cop. Yeah, Oops. you know. Oh shit! Uncle Joey. It's one of my favorite fucking people in the whole fucking world. Edwin San Juan. What's up, baby? Good man. Good. Where you at? You up in Seattle? Yeah, I'm in Seattle. We have a show Saturday night, and then we went to the Fiesta Fiesta Filipino Fiesta Festival. Who'd you Yesterday, go to the fiesta? Was nice. How was the Filipino fiesta festival up there? It was good. They had this Filipino food truck, and they were making like adobo burgers and uh, longanisa sandwiches. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Good food. Did you throw down, brother? Yeah, I threw it down, and then I threw it away in the club in the toilet bowl. <laughs> <laughs> How much reef are you smoking up there? Man, dude. <sighs> Since I got the plane, people were just handing me joints. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, fucking Seattle's nuts. Yeah, we're from nuts. Cali, right? So we're spoiled with it. But 
it's pretty good out here. Oh, that's the Pacific Northwest. It rains. It, it, where it rains, shit's growing. Yeah. And if right? this batch it's ain't good, every- the next batch will be better, so. Edwin, we did a Payaso Loco, Loco Slam together. Payaso Slam together. We've been friends since you were a fucking kid. And I got to tell right. you, you're one of my favorite fucking comics, and, and I respect you, and I watch you, and I giggle, and I'm reading the fucking Twitter last Monday, and I'm reading... First, we had a conversation on Monday. You you picked up George, and you drove him up, and you told right. him to do some fucking benefit for the sheriff's department. And, Lee, read the fucking article. This is what I read the other day, all right? I, you want me to read the whole article? Yeah, right. read the article. All right, so... A gathering attended by several hundred sheriff deputies and staff members of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department went awry when a comedian unleashed a stand-up routine filled with racist and sexually explicit humor, people in attendance said. Uh, many in the crowd at the Sheriff's Day lunch on Wednesday, estimated to be between 600 and 700, were in uniform, including Sheriff Lee Baca, who thanked comedian Edwin San Juan with a plaque after the off-color performance, the L.A. Times reported. He managed to insult every ethnic group. One, at- told, one attendee told the newspaper requesting not to be named. Uh, there was a lot of cringing and nervous laughter. I was sitting there thinking, are you kidding me? The event was hosted by Law Enforcement Association and was not an official Sheriff Department event. Backa, smokes, backa spokesman said, uh, Steve Whitmore told the LA Times, and the performance will be reviewed. If anyone was offended, that was not the intent, and certainly apologies are extended. Whitmore said, adding that he wasn't at the event, so he couldn't comment on the specifics of the routine. Whitmore said he spoke to Baca, and the sheriff said he became concerned that people would complain, but decided to give the comedian the plaque anyway to thank him for volunteering (laughs) to come to the luncheon. And the last thing is Baca wants to remind him. Back of the sheriff wants to remind everyone that this is a comedian. No one in the department would say this. What (laughs) the fuck happened? Man, I was doing my stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they told they told me go ahead, I had green light, do whatever I want. And you know, first of all, I'm not racist. They're, uh, people been because of that article, people come up to me. Oh, I heard about you, the racist comedian. Like, oh my goodness! You know, I'm, my stuff is based on race. A lot of it's the observational stuff that I've been through, but in no way, shape, or form am I racist. You, you know? told the brother-in-law joke. I know you said that, and they lost their yeah. fucking minds. And here's the funny fucking thing. Nobody's more racist than L.A. Police Department. Yeah, right. Fucking hilarious, Edwin. When I, Edwin, when I read this, I was like, when I read that he was looking at the performance for review. Yeah. That's when I said, these motherfucking people have lost their fucking mind. There's so many things going on in L.A. right now. And they're fucking worried about little Edwin San Juan that never has offended anybody. That's the sweetest guy in the world. This is what I'm. This is why you got to drive with your hands up in this fucking town. If they thought you're racist, they'll shoot me. They'll put a bazooka up my fucking ass. <laughs> well, the thing is, they said that. Oh yeah, we're fans of yours. We know your comedy. We want to have you at our event. So, and when I was there, everything was smooth. You know what I mean? And I was up there for half an hour, and if they were so offended by it, I would have been pulled off the stage in like three minutes, you know what I mean? But I went on for half an hour, and I felt some tension, but after I addressed it, everything kind of eased up, and it was great. At the end of the event, I was shaking hands, taking pictures. I brought my mom there. You know, they gave me a plaque, and it was all good, but as soon as I get home, my, my emails are blowing up, ABC, NBC's calling me up for interviews. It was wild, man. 
that is fuck. Oh, and it's great because fuck it. You just got booked an extra eleven weeks. The KKK is using you next summer for their big shebang. It's the first time they've yeah. ever used the Filipino, but they're out of white comics that hate. So fuck it. Yeah, they put me on a map. I mean, like Ontario tickets. I'm at the Improv uh, next week, and uh, ticket sales have jumped. You know, people you, are like, "Oh, I don't know what about the LAPD, but or uh, the sheriff's department, but I want to see Edwin San Juan now." Hey, so you'll be at Ontario this this Friday coming, the first and second. Yeah, first through the fourth. Oh, Thursday to Sunday. Look at fucking Edwin and shit. Yeah, right. Man, so yeah, yeah, they that Edwin. When I read that article, dog. I, I I knew that life is fucking crazy because you, uh, it's amazing. It's um, and there, I get I, I gather there's got to be a lot of Filipino cops, right? Yeah, I mean there wasn't any there. <laughs> well, there was one Filipino cop out there, but you know what? The, the sheriff's department's getting flagged for because they didn't do their homework. You know, it's like it's like a you can't, you can't fault me. I'm just doing my stuff. I've been doing comedy for fifteen, sixteen years, and. I've my I've taken my act internationally, you know what I mean, uh, all around the world throughout the United States, and I've never had problems with anything, you know. And uh, and so they look bad for because they have a lot of uh, racial issues and a lot of uh, he's under scrutiny, you know. And a lot of people, I don't know, I think they don't want they don't want Sheriff Baca there, so they're trying to it's uh election year, you know, trying to get him out of there. So I just got caught up in all that politics. It's so weird that when, you know, I lived in a couple different cities, I've been arrested in a lot of fucking places, New York, New Jersey, North, you know, like just, uh, I've been arrested in, uh, not Texas, I've been arrested in Colorado, I've been arrested in Idaho, you know, knock on wood, I've never had any problems in California, but the cops here are different than anywhere else. A week after 9-11, not even a week after 9-11, maybe three days after 9-11, I got a fall... I got a $400 ticket for parking in a handicapped spot. Not parking in the spot. My tire was on the line because the first wow. car had parked over, so everybody had to shift over. And this is how it went down. I pulled into that spot, and I got out of the car. And as I got out of the car, you know when people coming into the 7-Eleven, I held the door for somebody. And I actually saw a cop go by and see my car, made a U-turn, and wait for me to come out and threw me a ticket. And wow. I tried to talk to him. I said, are you fucking serious? Look at that car in the front. He goes, it doesn't matter, even if your door gets hit. I mean, this guy was just, and I couldn't believe it. And that's the one night I had contact. Then another night I was headed to go get Coke, and I made a left turn on Sunset, and this Japanese cop pulled me over. I swear to God, they were going to throw me in jail for not having a license. Some drunk was walking across the street from coaching horses, and he goes, hey, Joey Diaz. And he started talking to me, and I'm like, I'm under arrest. And the cop goes, you know this guy? And they started talking, and that's how the cop left me off, and I see him from time to time. But I remember how fucking rude he was. How rude this cop was. And I, and I was on my best fucking behavior. I was going to get coke. I just wanted to go get a package and go home. I wasn't doing anything wrong. They didn't know what the fuck was going on. But the point of the story is that when, I've never had good contact with cops out here. Like, they're never like you could talk. I drive by Hollywood Boulevard sometimes. I'm going to get the 101. And you see a cop pulled over, but he's not even pulled over. Right? His ass is sticking out. Mm -hmm. So people got to drive around him and shit. And you see what the fuck he's doing. He's talking to a homeless dude that's laying on the floor puking. Leave the motherfucker there. Let him choke. 
but you pulled the fucking car in sideways like Batman to go talk to this motherfucker. Now you're scaring more white people than what you're hurting. It's fucking amazing. It's like that. I not, and then all, every morning I wake up at when somebody else is getting shot. Then I seen that fucking right. video of them shooting the fucking dog. Whether it's Hawthorne, it's LA police, it's all thrown in one. These cops out here are a little fucking different, bro. Yeah, and he didn't just shoot the dog once. He laid several bullets in that dog. That's crazy. You know how many Filipinos were pissed? Oh, that's such good meat. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Oh, my God. Now, let me. What happened to that fucking cop? Did he get suspended or thrown off the force? Or? I'm, it's under investigation. That fucking guy. Know. That guy's going to die a slow fucking cancer in his knees. <laughs> St. Lazarus is going to fucking, like Michael Vick, St. Lazarus will throw a fucking, you know what's Catholics and me, I got that Santeria shit going in there. I don't fuck with dogs at all, dog. That's St. Lazarus's property. That motherfucker will give put cancer in your ankles. Every time you take a step, you'll think of fucking going back to church and shit. That's just the way it pans out in the fucking world of voodoo. Uh, <laughs> look at the fucking Jew over there. Cutting the coconut in half. What else is going on over in San Juan? So, have you heard from them? Are they going to put you on comedy probation? What are they going to do? Uh, I, I just been getting hit up by um, by media. Really, I, I actually called the sheriff's department and asked them if um, everything was all right, and they were pretty much saying, "Yeah, everything's fine. You'll be okay." Just one or two people that had a wild hair up their ass for Sheriff Baca, and so they were just telling me, "You know, it should be all good." And it's amazing. I just want to get on the air and clarify myself, let everybody know that. You know, You're not a racist, but I'm fuck the yeah, fuck I'm doing my here. stuff. They, they messed up, if anything. I, they were asking me, do I want to apologize? I mean, for what? Don't apologize. You know, that, if I apologize, me being sorry for me, for being who I am, they like, fuck that. You know? They messed up. It's like, it's like if they were to hire a stripper and send her to the wrong house, send, you know, or send, send a stripper to it child's party and they're going to get mad at the stripper but they fucked up by sending the stripper to the wrong address you know just doing doing their job they got fucked up for getting angry that's what they got fucked up about the LA police department yeah. and sheriffs and cops in general have no they have so much on their mind to worry about some fucking young comic saying some fucking shit up on stage that doesn't affect their life at all shame on them Edwin Never take shame on yourself. These fucking people that they walk around with, they're so, so mighty. They don't even, they've got to stick so far up their fucking ass. They can't even fucking laugh at somebody. They don't even know what's real and what's fucking fake anymore. So shame on them. I got the same fucking problem I when I finally put it in perspective. Shame on fucking you if you go out and you can't fucking laugh. I would be ashamed of myself if I ever went out. So you know how many things I've gone through that suck? You don't see me going home and writing a fucking movie or getting on the internet or writing a letter. If you're fucking fat, you're fat. Take it for what it is. If you're a fucking, you know, don't feel bad at when you're a fucking tremendous comedian, brother. We're going to go oh, down man, to fucking... Listen, if you motherfuckers ain't doing nothing this week, go see one of the best racist comics you'll ever see. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. If you're black Chinese, bring a fucking earmuffs, cocksuckers. No. Let me tell you something. I've worked with Edwin. How many shows have we done together for the love of fucking Oh, count, countless Jesus shows. Christ. I've been doing it 16 years. I've known you the whole time, man. He's my, my mentor. I look up to you. No, I love you. I love you guys to death, man. So, no, no. I'm, I, when I read this, I wanted you to fucking speak your mind and uh, tell us what fucking happened. What jokes did you do, Edwin? Where, who'd, you, who'd, you, who'd you piss off? Man, I ran through the gambit. Because, you know, my whole angle was how everybody makes fun of Asians. So, you know, I opened up the door for that, and I made fun of myself. And then I just, you know, let them have it from Latinos to blacks, Koreans, Indians, 
but I poke fun at everybody equally fair, you know, and just bring out things. But that's what got me tripping was because uh, they were saying I was being uh, making negative comments towards Koreans and Indians. But if you listen to my set, actually, not just pick out things here and there, you, you see I'm defending Asians. You're defending them, yeah, yeah, I know how you act. Yeah, yeah, you're saying this is, this is now you're not here to make fun of it. You know, I know fucking... Yeah. So I was at the Laugh Factory all- after they crashed the plane and people were already making Asian jokes about the pilot and shit. <laughs> and I gotta tell you something, when I heard about the... I didn't even think about it that way. That's how anti-fucking-racist I am. I mean, I'll say chink from time right. to time, but I don't hate nobody. I eat Chinese food. I love Chinese. Bruce Lee's my fucking idol. Who are you kidding I mean, that didn't bother me. I'm so used to everybody making fun of Asians that it didn't bother me. But what I thought was insensitive was all those people that died on the plane. You know, they're poking humor and joking at that. But it's like, did you see that fucking stewardess dog that was carrying people out? That cute stewardess. Did you guys see that on World News tonight? There was a stewardess that was carrying people out. She weighed 110 pounds. Little Korean girl was picking fucking people up. Kids, the whole thing. She saved a couple lives, man. That was a. It's fucked up when you see those things. It's fucked up to see what, how you'll act. Terrible. How people run back to get their fucking carry-on luggage and shit. You know, shit like that. You just see how people like. So you're in Ontario this weekend. What's right. the num- What's the phone number in Ontario, the improv over there? 949? What the fuck is it down there? Oh, man. Hey, 626. Know. It's Ontario improv. I can't fucking believe you know, when I'm going away, this improv.com, I, was gonna, I would tell you I was going down there on Thursday, but I'm going away this fucking weekend with my family. It's the first oh, time okay. we're going away with the fucking baby and the wife. I'm home the how, following How's weekend. the newborn going? And when, you know how it is, though. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I'm very fortunate. My wife's giggles. What's the number, Lisa? Yeah, you bad motherfucker. You. 909-484-5411. So get down there. See my man. Who's down there with you when you got the tripe? You got my man Perez yeah. this week. Who you got down there? George Perez coming down doing some guest sets. I got uh, Eli Nicholas and Michael Tanaka. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, we call ourselves the Polite Tour because everybody's really nice on, on our tour. Right? We're just opening doors for each other. And, you know, we're all Asianed out. How sweet is Iko? Oh, man, she's tremendous. She really is a fuck. Somebody told me they were sick one day and that they heard a knock on the door and Iko brought them, like, Japanese soup with fucking... With uh, rice, you know, like fucking some type of food, whatever, sushi. Fucking yeah. Iko's a sweetheart. You got That's a nice fucking show, Edwin. I wish some people yeah, go down there and see time. you and see what the fuck is cracker-lacking. Edwin, I love you, and I'm proud of you. And uh, I know, you know, when I read it, I was proud of you. I just laughed my ass off because you stood your ground. That's what comedy's all about, bro. Comedy's not about doing comedy for them. And you stuck with it. You heard the insecurities in the room, didn't you? You yeah. heard them. yeah. Edwin, about fucking the year I got clean, the weekend that Marilyn Martinez died, I got right. hi- I got hired that same weekend to do two things, to do a benefit for the police department in Hoboken on a Friday night and a benefit for my high school f- basketball team. The fucking Friday night, I walked into this Hoboken police department where I had grown up pretty much. I know all about Hoboken. I know the people, the players right. down there, the whole fucking thing. And I got up on that stage... And I started doing material to cater to them. There had to be three, four hundred people in the room. They had an open bar in the back. I could see the undercover cops a little high on blow. You know, I could see who was smoking dope. It's cops. And I could see the Christian ones. You could see. And I went up there and I did what I thought I had to do 
for like six minutes. That when I was dying. And right. at the six minute mark, I just opened up a can of whoop ass on these motherfuckers. <laughs> Coke and eating pussy with Coke rocks and the, and the rest of niggas and Puerto Ricans and Specs and Cubans. <laughs> and, and I just went off about Hoboken history and Sinatra and Jimmy Roselli. I just went off drugs and oh my God, I, when I went off because I didn't have him anyway at the six minute mark. I wasn't going to go down in flames. Right. The guy that hired me was a kid who loved me. He's still a Hoboken police department. I could tell this kid. I grew up with his brother. Me and his brother were the same age, but this kid was younger than me, and he always loved me, and I loved him. And he grabbed me as I got off that stage. He goes, here's the money, Doug. I got to walk you to the door. <laughs> I swear to God, he walked me to the fucking door. He's like, you got to get out of here now. These motherfuckers, you offended everybody. He goes, but I love it. And some cops are giving me the hands up, and other ones were like writing my name down. So if they ever pulled me over, they fucking deal. Oh, yeah. I didn't give a fuck. Fuck those motherfuckers. And I love cops, but you can't. You're a cop. You can't fucking judge, brother. Fuck these cocksuckers, Edwin. You got me all fired up. You smoking dope, Edwin? Uh, constantly, daily. Did you smoke this morning already? Yeah, it helps my arthritis, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's why I love it. It cleans the arthritis on you. can bang one out. So hopefully I'll see you this weekend. For you motherfuckers who don't know, everyone's like a, a little brother to me. Please go catch him this weekend. Do what you need to do. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and fucking Sunday. And where could they follow you, Edwin? Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter. You know, it's Edwin San Juan. On uh, Facebook and Twitter, Edwin SJ. Hey, can I say something real quick before I leave? You can say whatever the fuck you want. And, you know, um, because of this, all the comments that I respect have been reaching out to me, like Ralphie Maine, Jeff Garcia, Felipe, Rudy, and they're all, like, you know, real supportive and stuff. And, and actually, on the congratulatory, congratulatory tip, where everyone else who doesn't know about comedy, they're worried, are you okay? Is everything all right? But, you know, just taking something negative and flipping it positive, man, and just to get the, the comments and the feedback from, from comics that I respect. So yeah, never be ashamed of so doing good. your fucking job. Never get, never be ashamed of getting your dick sucked. And that's what you did. You got your dick sucked because they got all offended mentally. So basically, you got your dick sucked on an osmosis fucking level. You understand me? <laughs> so fuck them. Fuck them. That's why I love you. I love you to death. I wasn't worried about you. I know you were loving it at home. You were in church with your mom fucking Wednesday morning jumping up and down. You lit like 100 candles, you fuck. You know, it's funny. We were watching the news. I told my mom, we're going to be on the news. And she's looking at it, and she doesn't even know what's going on. She's just looking at me and, and seeing her on TV, too, because I took a picture with her. And she's like, we're famous. They're going to put us on Jeopardy. They're on TV. They're going to be on uh, Who Wants to Be Millionaire. I'm proud of you, Ed. You know, I've always loved you, and this is, uh, I'm proud that you stuck to your guns. And that's why, that's that's what Bill Hicks wanted. That's what all the great ones, Lenny Bruce, that's what they did. They stuck to their fucking guns. So guess what, bro? You just became one of the great ones. And that's why I love you. That's why I wanted you on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man, and always keeping me in consideration. And 8 o'clock Thursday, right? Yes, sir. If I could get down there, I'll try my hardest. I love you, Edwin. All right, love you. Call whenever the fuck you want. Your family here. You know that. Whenever you want to call in, just let me know. Thanks so much, man. I feel right, So as we were telling you before, my main man, Edwin, called in. Please support this kid. This kid's a fucking great kid, guys. Great. And let me tell you something. L.A., you guys that support all these fake fucking pot smokers, this is one motherfucker you got to support. He showed up with a pipe one time in his arm. He used to drive around with a pipe in his arm. 
that he would take out of his sleeve. That had to be 18 inches of a pipe. <laughs> One night, he took that out in front of Ari. We fucking died. Me and Ari go, Ari, what did I tell you? This kid ain't fucking fake. <laughs> but anyway, before the break, we're talking about Gary Bohannon, who had called the podcast three or four times. You know, I grew up with Gary. He ate a bag of mushrooms in front of me. He was an Attica. You know, this is where you really have to thank people. So he gets out of jail. He's in jail. How long was he in there, Edwin? Uh, uh, Edwin, uh, the flying Jew. 21 years, 22 years? 21 years, 22 years. He gets out of there. Already he's institutionalized. So what does New Jersey do? They put him in a halfway house for a couple of months. There's no work in New Jersey. So they're threatening him that they're going to put him back in fucking jail because there's no goddamn work, okay? This is so you people learn. This is why I don't buy into the system. This is why I don't buy into fucking anything. The system is always fucking against you. Lee and I were having a conversation about genes and how there's certain people that it's in their genes to hold other people down. It's not their fucking fault. But this isn't what we're talking about here. We're talking about my my friend who's not an innocent. Don't get me wrong. Bohannon's a fucking nutcase just like me. Nobody's an innocent here. So Gary goes to live with Danny B. Wins, who is making, getting, giving him a job, giving him a stable house. Danny B. Wins 20 years ago was just as crazy as I was. Today, he's a set man. He's a father, he's a great husband, he's been with his wife, he's very stable in his life. He's got a home, he offered Gary a job, was paying Gary, was taking care of Gary. The state went in there and said that he could not live there because Danny had beer in his house. Even if they tested Gary all the fucking time and he came back negative for alcohol, it didn't matter. So when he had, a, he has a lot of barbecues. They live on a block of cul-de-sac. And he goes, in the summer, the parents, all the kids get together. So what you're telling me is I can't have one beer in my refrigerator. The point is that Danny doesn't drink. He just didn't want to live under those rules. There was other things that Danny saw at the same time. You know, Gary was in for 21 years. He wanted to get what he... He wanted to get what was coming to him after 21 years, but it doesn't work that way, guys. It'll take you five years to get everything back after 21 years. Only in The Sopranos do you come out, and a week later you're making 50 fucking thousand dollars. You understand? Only on TV. Yeah. So, they made him move back to New Jersey. Gary gave him a fistful of money and told him to go back to New Jersey and get a job. Well, Gary didn't do that. He moved in with some girl. Mm-hmm. And he got back to drinking and smoking. He had no family support. He had nothing. So do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Gary's no innocent, but the system pushed him. The kid stayed out fucking, what, 16 months? Not 16 even. 16 fucking months. So I guess last week one day they found out that he carjacked somebody and got arrested for robbing a bank. And on the way out, he carjacked somebody with a weapon or something. Jeez. Gary will never see daylight again. When I first heard, I was going to have Danny call up today, but my feelings are still, I'm still in shock. Because when you hear this type of shit, it breaks your heart. And again, I'm mentioning this eight fucking times. Gary is no innocent. But if the state would let him live with Danny, wherever the fuck they were living, he would have had a job, a place to sleep, a warm bed, and maybe this could have been avoided. Yeah. So next time you hear a fucking negative report in the news or in the fucking this or that, always think that there's two sides to every fucking story. And I'm telling you right now, Danny would have kept Gary. I feel bad for Danny. I haven't even spoken to him. I just read all the Twitter things and little messages he sent me. I feel very bad for Danny because I know that he tried. I feel bad for myself because I don't like when somebody gets thrown back in jail by the pillars of society. On top of that, uh, Lee's been my friend for two years. And Lee knows that he's helped me dramatically in my career. You've been a dear friend and we've worked together and we've... uh, 
since the beginning, I've always worn Lee. It's not like I've worn Lee as I've protected Lee from the evils of comedy. You know, you people at home see a comedian and there's a stage and a microphone and you see him come out and he giggles and he laughs and shit like that. And, and on paper, the career looks very glamorous, but there's fucking obstacles to this career. And it's not the drugs, it's not the money, it's not the agents. It's the comedians themselves sometimes. You know, they, 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 they don't like a certain comic or whatever. Uh, I'm not the most popular guy in the world. You know, I have a good heart, whatever, but I always speak my mind. And because I have a certain background, people in their hearts never believe that you change. My wife and I had a great conversation about when she first started dating me. How many comics came out of the woodwork and warned her about me. Really? Oh, God. She laughs her ass off. And in retrospect, now she saw it. She goes, the people that you hung out with came up to me and warned me against you because they always felt in your heart you were going to turn on them. What do those people feel like today? So I've been telling Lee for years, watch this guy, watch this guy. Watch this move, watch this move. I'm up at the Ice House this weekend, and, uh, you know, I'm headlining with Dom. No big deal, which is, to me, it, it's a fucking honor. Uh, I watch Dom and the Rodney Dangerfield special, mm-hmm. you know. And this is what you guys have done to me. You guys have, I, I make funny jokes, and maybe I make you laugh, and maybe I take you out of a tough spot in the daytime, but you guys have elevated me into being on stage with Dom Herrera. That's what you guys have done for me. You've made me step up to the pump. So never think this is a one-way fucking street. But in, uh, with success comes a lot of stupidity. And stupidity that I'm prepared for. I see a lot of dumb shit. And I always tell you that these motherfuckers don't like me. Joe Rogan told the world I was the funniest guy in the world. So for people to get along with Joe, they have to agree with him. But deep down inside, they could give a fuck about me and they give a fuck about Joe. You know, and we've both seen it. When I'm on the plane with Joe, with, alone with Joe, we laugh about certain fucking morons that think. I'm used to it. I don't really give a fuck. But you know what? I've earned my way. You know, I've done my fucking movies. I've done my TV show on my way. I've gone to acting class. I've written these fucking things. I've, I, me and Lee have done all this shit. But this weekend, Lee saw a different taste of this. I don't know how many comics were up there. I don't know how many time comics came by. And they all wanted the same thing. They all wanted a fucking guest set. You know, these are people that have thousand things going on in their lives, and I never hear from them. Never hear from them. Never a fucking friendly fuck you. You know, only one kid I saw and waved at me and left me alone. Then I went and got him was Jimmy DeLavala. But by that time, it was too late to get him on stage. He's a great kid, Jimmy. I bust his balls all the time. He's an actor in town stand-up. But it's so weird how I told Lee that, and Lee saw it. I yeah. believe you see and how after they asked and after they got no... They got up and left. There was no more conversation with Joey. Oh, we're going to go get a drink and come. Nobody fucking came back. But it's so weird the things you see. And, and yeah, at times I'm jaded and Lee looks at me kind of weird and he might go in his car and go, fucking Joey. But now you start to see it. Why? You don't even let it go through you because you have a job to do every day. Yeah. People are going to like you and people are going to not like you. You know what? Fuck them and fuck them over. You have a job to do every day, people. And along the way, people's feelings are going to get hurt because maybe you become successful. Maybe you get something that they don't think you deserve. It's not for them to think whether you deserve it or not. You know whether or not what you did. I slept in the fucking back of a fucking car for a summer. You know, I, I, I took shits and showers at Ralphie May's house and Josh Wolf's house. You guys have heard all the fucking stories. You know, and yes... I fucking struggled with drugs and whatever, but I hung in there. And this is why we're here, because we hung in with something. So don't ever let somebody's judgment of you or whatever get in your fucking way. You got a job to do. 
if they're gonna get their fucking feelings hurt, and you see, you see, I have no, you see it, dog. Ha ha ha! But when at the end of the week, there's a thousand people that think I'm funny, but I don't go on their fucking podcast. You know, there's a thousand people who think I'm funny, but they don't invite me to their fucking rooms. So always keep that in fucking mind. Me, I don't give a fuck about none of these cocksuckers. I really don't. <laughs> Lee. I really don't. Lee. I just have a fucking good time. I want to give a shout out to my friend Ted Kaplan, that little baby boy Benjamin. I want to give another for, to Benjamin Shaq, my man from San Diego. Big I love ben that. From Big San Ben from San Diego. That's a good fucking dude. That really is. He emails me every week. Very positive. This week he came up, he gave us both Starbucks cards. And thank you cards, and yeah. And thank you cards. And the San Diego crew with the hot blonde that came up, those fucking crazy white dudes, Michael Carter, Casey Sims, my man Jupiter, fucking wife. Uh, I don't know, jujitsu wife. That's my girl. Alex uh, Escobar, Brian Cote, Alan Beryl, and Joey Rooklyn. I love you, sexy bitch. I love my girl Joey Rooklyn on Facebook. That bitch is hot as <laughs> shit. It's one of my Irish freaks and shit. Don't forget this fucking Wednesday, July 31st, me, Lee Syatt, uh, Herb Dean, we're doing a live podcast up at the Ice House, 8.30, 10 bucks to get in, 10 fucking dollars on a Wednesday, what are you going to do, sit at home, 10 fucking dollars, you come out, you smoke some dope in your home by 11 o'clock, <laughs> August 22nd to the 24th, Mrs. Obama shaved that fucking monkey, Uncle Joey's coming in first class, I'm going to DC Improv. <laughs> and August 14th, we're back at the fucking Ice House with another live podcast. So get your shit together, bitches. Don't forget, we love you. We're here. Willie, talk to me. You haven't said nothing all day. What happened? Yes, I have. You haven't said nothing. I What's love him. What are you doing this week? What's going on with the girlfriend? Now, you don't see the girlfriend doing we? Not, I mean, uh, when I work nights, I couldn't. Um, but maybe now I could if I if I wanted to. It's hard. It's hard with the fucking traffic. But uh, no, everything's going. I, I can't wait for the live podcast. I, it's my favorite. It's my favorite night of the month, and now we're gonna start doing more of them. So two of them. We had a Saturday. We might fucking. We're going to Portland to do the live podcast. We're gonna try to bring it to your fuck. I'm telling you, 2014 is gonna be great. We're both gonna start doing. How's the eating, Lee? We've been killing it lately. I've been eating good. I, I I was worried. Yeah, I hadn't weighed myself for a couple weeks, and I was like, because I, I actually do try to keep good. I, I haven't gone to like the fast food, but I was worried. I was like, shit, I'm about to gain weight, and I didn't. I I've, I I hadn't lose weight. But I stayed where I was, and I was like, "Fuck, thank God!" So uh, I gotta, I gotta start doing it again. But it's, uh, it's tough when you get off of it. So I have to g- get back on it. And what I really have to do is, because uh, Big Ben was telling me he lost like ninety pounds. Um, it's, it, I really have to start doing the working out thing. Even I hate it. I hate it, and it's, it's something that I just have to do. Even though, even though I hate it, I have Listen, to. Listen, man, doing I've it. learned. Like I told you, a lot of people reached out to me last week in emails and stuff. A lot of great diets. A lot of great ideas. I'm making notes. This morning, like I said, I had the protein shake and some fucking fruit. Uh, but Friday night, I was fucking hungry. When I do comedy and I do two shows, like, I don't eat at night. Guys, I do not eat at night at all, at all. I'll eat an apple or something. Fucking Fridays and Saturday nights, especially two shows. Like, sometimes I force it just because the taco man is out. Yeah. But fucking Friday night, I was starving. I, I don't know what my wife made. It was a small dinner. Yeah. Like, she made, like, two little pieces of something, like rice and a vegetable and, and, and a fish. And I went out that night, and those two shows, all that weed, we were fun. And I didn't eat at the light. I never, I never eat at the ice house. Yeah. You know, the burger looked delicious and stuff. I didn't. I just don't eat that. And when we got to that fucking taco, man, I killed them for like four fucking tacos with the, with the pico de gallo and the onions and the cilantro. Yeah. And then yesterday, I got to go to the YMCA, so thank fucking God. 
I got to get on that fucking elliptical for just 40 minutes and I stretched and I hit the bag and I did some uh, hip escapes. Just they have this big room so I could practice some jujitsu moves. Okay. I'm terrible. I'm trying to get endurance with them. So you got to work. You know, you got to work. Just It's like comedy, man. You know, I compare uh, my martial arts training to a lot of comedy. You have to do it. You have to practice. I compare hip escapes and back work to writing. And so we're just trying to put it together. Go to yeah. fucking on it. Hulu Plus is fucking killing. My wife is in love with it. They just added something. And I can't remember what the fuck it is. They just, now when do they put new movies on there? New- they put new movies and shows all the time, but when the season starts for TV shows, the next day for a bunch of shows, they put them that's out there. What, yeah. That's what she was saying the other day. So she really likes that. So Hulu Plus. And let me tell you something, man. We get emails every other day. I just got one for Slipper Company, Meat Griddle Things for guys. Listen, guys. If I look at shit and it don't pertain to us and I can't, I don't think I'm doing something for you. I love movies and television. That's a certain way we could share uh, our our taste. So that's the reason why I push Hulu fucking plus on you guys. And it's not a bad deal. It's two fucking weeks. Two weeks gratis with the fucking code. And then it's seven ninety nine a month. That's a grande cappuccino on a scone. All right. <laughs> Cut it out. This is seven ninety nine. That's two dollars a fucking week. And you can watch twenty fucking thousand television shows. Yep. Two dollars a week. Tell your Uncle Joey don't fucking love me. Tell you tell me again how I don't fucking love you, cocksuckers. Do what you gotta do. You get out, you get some Chinese food or a salad, or maybe you put some beets and some fucking kale together, you smoke a number, you eat the girl's ass, and you watch fucking uh, Hulu Plus. Who's fucking better than you? That was my favorite line from the call. I'm not, I'm not racist. I mean, I eat Chinese food all the time. Yeah, what the fuck? I ain't racist, though. I can't be racist. I love the fucking, I love them. I love this shit too much. I love people too much. Yeah. How can I be fucking racist? I talk shit. I don't hate no. I don't have the heart to hate nobody, dog. I, I mean, I, I feel like, bad for you when I mount you in jujitsu. Like when I get on top of somebody, I feel bad for them. That's how hard I got. Come on. The fuck you think you're dealing with? It's Monday morning. Get up. Get up. Write your fucking goals. Wash your fucking feet. See what you really want to do. Be happy. Smile at motherfuckers. Tell somebody you don't like that you love them today. Just for today. Tomorrow you can tell them they suck dick. But for today, tell them I love you. Just so you feel better about yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, I love me. Do something, (laughs) cocksucker. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Before we go, I realize we haven't talked about it. How's Gray doing? Ever since you got her, is she doing Listen, okay? Gray is tremendous. I only got one problem with Gray now. You what? ready? She won't leave the bedroom. Oh, she won't. She's there all fucking day, all night sleeping. Every time I move, she wants me to pet her. But she doesn't let me hug her on, her, on my terms. She likes, okay. she likes to get close to me on her terms. So there's times I hug her and she takes it off. She bites my hand and she takes it <laughs> off. And in the middle of the night, I go to turn. I can't turn. She's right on my fucking hip. Oh, really? Right on my hip. So I got to, like, grab her and pick her up. And she cries. She gets this hip. Gray's a sweetheart. She's just a bitch. It's not like, you know, what am I going to do? But she loves me. And I love her. So what am I going to do? Even my wife is like, she's under the blankets. That's my spot. Yeah, I was worried about her. But in that picture you put up with you and Mercy and uh, Superbad the other day. Ah, last week. Every day when we watch SpongeBob, Mercy, uh, Superbad jumps up and dives on my leg. Yeah. And he flips around and me and Mercy rub his stomach. <laughs> and that's, that's like 10 minutes of the fucking morning every morning. So it's a, it's always great, brother. It's like my man Chris Cornell said, man, in uh, Fell on Black Days. You wake up to this euphoria and when they take it away, it's fucking done. 
And that's it. You motherfuckers got shout outs. You got Hulu. You got a podcast. You got my main man, Edwin San Juan. You got dates. You go to Joey Coco Diaz. You go to Honor Through There. You go to Hulu Plus on the banner there and click on there. You got t shirts on joeydiaz.net. JR was up here. I got JR on the fucking podcast with his shirt company and shit, cocksucker. <laughs> I love Jay. He was here last week. He don't call. I'm going to call him later and fucking send him a stab in that fucking. That's my main black dude down in Arizona sending out t-shirts and shit. I love him. But that's it. That's all I got for you. We're developing a patch for the show. Yeah. I'll find out this week. My man on the mat, Gee Company, Scott. I'm going to talk to him. Maybe him and Salami could do something for me. We could get a nice geese for patches for all, uh, the church of what's happening now so oh, when you're rolling on the mat you can think of my fat fucking ass doing it and you could get inspired and get up and tackle that motherfucker if that don't work a bite to the neck always does <laughs> you ever bite somebody in the neck Lee? no what, what, when do you bite people in the neck? there you go was that a fart? that was a little fart it's it's only like you hit something ooh, <laughs> ooh. it's like a fish I smell the the Ooh. <laughs> it's like a little fish milkshake fart. I love you guys. Have a great fucking day. You're going to get a live podcast on Thursday and rock your fucking socks, all right? Lee Syed, hit it, cocksucker. Now that the show's over, don't forget to sign up for your free trial of Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows anytime, anywhere on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Uh, support this podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Joey. That's HuluPlus.com slash Joey. Motherfuckers. Oh, shit. This ain't one of my favorite Van Halen now, but this jam's a fucking savage. Hit it, Lee. Have a great day, people. Much love to everybody. <laughs>